This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. A very, very good evening. It is Sunday night. It can only mean that it's extra time. Extra time. The final word on the weekend's action. And what action have we got to talk about? Well, we've had four goals to talk about, but only one of them belong to Wolverhampton Wanderers. Um, a game of two halves, many have called it. Deja vu in some ways it is. We lost the game. Three goals to one in the end. And we have got a jam-packed show of fan pundits ready to chew the fat on uh, the action. We've got a debutant uh, tonight, Hannah. We've got the voice of reason, uh, Jack. We've got the monster is back, Andy Mack. The Lord himself, Jason Guy. And a returning pundit, we've got Scott. Along with, after the watershed, we also have Sooty. Uh, before we get uh, started, I do want to make a big thank you to the wonderful local uh, business, Creation Wolf, um, who help power extra time. Uh, if you've got a company or a brand, they helped deliver the industry's latest and most advanced digital solutions to take your brand online presence and digital capabilities uh, to the next level. So make sure you check them out in the description, uh, the link below. So let me, without any further ado, let's welcome on... Lord, Jason, Guy, how's it going, mate? Terrible, how are you? <laughs> oh, I'm not too bad. Uh, you've had a busy weekend uh, as well. Yeah. And, um, how's the book sales going? You sold quite a few on the... Uh, the Very thing. well. Actually, after uh, <clears throat> after your plug last week, we sold over £800 worth of books, Dave, and that's all down to you. So that was unbelievable. Um, so, yeah, all going very well. It's actually being printed as we speak. I'm going to try and get down to the printers and get some video footage. And, uh, yes, I'm really pleased. Finally, it's done. It's being printed. Away we go. Well, that's fantastic news and, and it's great. And, again, we'll put the link up if you haven't got the book. Talk a bit more about that Thank before you. we get Thank off. You. 
Returning after a bit of a hiatus, we have the monster, Andy. Mark, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, very well, thanks. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. You in keeping well? Yeah, not bad, yeah. Be obviously, be a bit happier with uh, some more points on the board, but yeah, not too bad. Absolutely. It's great. Well, we're looking forward to chewing the fat on that one uh, with you as well. And making her full Always Wolves debut tonight. Welcome, Hannah. Hello. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Now, just to let you know, I met Hannah and her good uh, fella at the Johnny Phillips um, book launch with... Um, uh, Mr. Berry as well. We had a good natter, and uh, you were both said like, "We'll come on the channel." We had you, we had your boyfriend on, uh, your partner on, didn't we? Yeah. Um, the other week, and it's your turn tonight. So, how are you feeling? Yeah. Um. I mean, he did very well, so I feel like I've got to uh, live up to that. But uh, yeah, feeling feeling, looking forward to talking about it. Really, with you all. Absolutely brilliant. So just to let you know, guys, no pressure. We've already got over uh, nearly 200 people watching live as we uh, speak. Um, obviously, this will go out on the Always Walls podcast in the morning and loads of people will catch it on Catch Up uh, as well. We do have a secret word back tonight. So you guys out there, see whether you can spot uh, our fan pundits slipping in the secret word. We'll get you to uh, see whether you get that at the end. And if you've got any questions at the end of each period, you can ask uh, Hannah, Andy, Jason, myself, or all of us a question towards the end of the thing. And we're going to be breaking it down. It's a game of two halves. Tonight it will be, as always, a game of two halves. Um, <laughs> You know, the weekend was kind of a, a game of two halves as well. So, uh, li li by the way, we've said if you're brand new and um, you are <coughs> new and you want to join in, in the chat, all you have to do is make sure you hit that subscribe button and you'll be able to comment in the chat and we'll put some of you guys up on the screen. And if you definitely want to get up on the screen uh, with a question, make sure that you hit the uh, standout with a super chat. Um, and if you, as long as your comment's clean, it'll get read out on the screen as prime time as well. So, Jason, let's kick off with you, my friend. Well, firstly, Hannah's making a debut tonight. I did joke before. I wish you'd have made it on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, everyone's already said it's not all over social media that it that it quite literally was a game of two halves. We did really start off well. And that Bellegarde, by the way, if that's how you pronounce it. Bellegarde, he did look really exciting, didn't he? He linked up well with Neto. And for me, that was one of, for, for personally, one of Neto's best games in a wall shirts off. And especially since he's come back from the injuries, I think he linked up well. I think he, was, he showed his pace. He showed how he can beat players. And obviously that that ball across for the for the goal for Huang was you know just brilliant because it's easy for a winger to get in that position and just snap at it and just you know just hit it across the box in hope. But it was a weighted pass, good ball across to Huang. who timed his run perfectly, maybe a bit fortuitous when it got to the goalkeeper, but nevertheless a good finish. And Huang still is uh, most likely output of a goal at the minute. Um, then shortly after the Cunha header, I mean for me that goes in two 0 it's dreamland, isn't it? You know, but he just seemed to, I think obviously you've all seen it, just seemed to miss time his jump. He almost jumped too early. So 
he wouldn't be able to get any power into it anyway. But by the time his trajectory was actually going back down and he, he just didn't make contact at all. But when you pay £45 million for someone, Dave, that's meat and veg to them. A, a, a free header like that in the box, that's got to be in the back well, of the Well, I, I felt he even had time to bring it down and tap it in. Well, Dave, he could have hit it with his left foot, his right foot, his head. Or, you know, it's, it's pretty unforgivable because, you know what? If that had been silver, I'd have been giving him pelt for that. So, Coon, you're right, Lee. There's got to have pelters, especially when we're in the position we are in the league, not winning matches. And a chance comes like that against Liverpool at home, naming lights, he's got to be putting them away. So that's pretty unforgivable. That goes in 2-0 before half-time, they're done. And I say that, yes, they've got, you know, you, you seen the quality on the bench. Even Klopp come out and said, look, half-time, he was scratching his head. You know, it wasn't going to his game plan. And the intensity Wolves come out with and, and the pace we went at them, you know, it was... It was exciting. But then we come out second half and, it, and we seem to have gone out of steam. Um, and, you know, I'll go through the goals. Get both for me. Um, he's, Kilman gets on the wrong side of him. I mean, if you watch the goal, Kil, Kilman's the other side of him. He gives himself half a chance, but he's not. And that's poor defending. Questionably... No, the first goal. Yeah, their first goal. I, yeah. think that's that's a shot. I think that's a shot as well. I don't think it's a cross. I think it's a shot. Possibly, but even so, Kilman should be the right side of, of Gakpo. And even if it's a rebound or it goes to him, it's not It's not going in. So, you know, for me, I don't think Kilman's a captain. I don't think he should be captain. Um, and I think it's probably weighing on him a bit heavy. I think there's enough pressure in that team at the minute without giving such a young player the captain's armband. Second goal, you know, that, that that's... Poor distribution by Saar, whichever way you look at it. When we play it across the back, what do we inevitably end up doing? Just booting it up, up top, don't we? And we, we put ourselves under pressure. Obviously, this was a different situation. But it's a situation where he's got time to think. He's got a situation of to look up. And, and he just obviously gives it to them straight away. Then Robertson just strolls through, waltzes through, completely unmarked. I mean, I did watch the video, I think. One of four or five players could have picked up Robertson. Nobody. And you can just you can watch it. You just watch the red shirt going through. You know what? That is completely indefensible. So there's two mistakes. The third one, Elliot's got a bit of luck. But the problem is then, as soon as they scored, it's trajectory for Liverpool then. You can see they're on top. They want another goal. They've got blood in their mouth. And I said to the guy sitting next to me, Matt Fellows, I said, look, they're going to score again in a minute. And all that was... You know, but still end to end at 1-1, you could see the goal coming. As soon as the second one in, you knew the third was inevitable. Yes, there was a bit of luck behind it with the um, with the deflection of Elliot. You know, was it going wide? It doesn't it matter. It's definitely going wide until yeah, But look, 3-1, maybe it's a slightly flattering scoreline, but we undone all that in the second half. We undone everything. All that hard work in the first half. All that intensity had stopped. And then a couple of substitutions. The one for me... Doherty for Wang. Nothing against Doherty. Is Doherty the player of two or three years ago? No. You know, he can't make it happen like he used to. So for him to come on for Wang, unless Wang was carrying an injury, I didn't get it. Ain't Nori as well. Yes, I think Hannah said he, he, he was possibly had a bit of cramp um, or, or, or he had a bit of a knock. But for me, once again, I wouldn't have bought Bueno on for Ain't Nori unless there was an injury because for me, Ain't Nori was playing really, really well. You know, I'm not going to say he had Salah in his pocket, but he wasn't certainly wasn't making it easy for Salah. Um, and you look at the possession, 66 to 34 in Liverpool's favour. You've got to look at it then and you've got to think it's a fair scoreline. You look at the passes, 
367 for Wolves, 729 for Liverpool. They nearly outpassed us. But so yeah, with the extra possession, <clears throat> I get it. But if we'd have gone out into the second half like we did the first half, with that steam, that guile, that endeavour, that energy, I think we'd have got something from it. It was always going to be difficult with Liverpool. You've only got to look at their bench. They can four or five game changes on that bench, you can come in and make a difference straight away. But we you know, after you one nil up. You're playing well and you come out like that and give that performance in the second half littered with mistakes. It's a tough one to swallow, Dave. Absolutely. Well, Hannah, we'll come to you next. But after before we speak to Andy, Andy, you've played the game, obviously, at a certain level. Um, Jason's made some really, really good points. I mean, I gave the first half a rating of nine. I thought we were absolutely fantastic in the first half. I thought, um, I thought right from the start, you made the point about Bellegarde. Within the first minute, he made a really good run and it set the stall out for the rest of the um, for the rest. We started. I mean, if you took, if we played Liverpool last year, we started very similar, but we scored the goals. We got in front on seven minutes with was like you say, Pedro Neto, fantastic. He's gone past four players, pulled it across, and Wang's finished it. It's not an easy angle. It's just the keeper can't keep it, out and we got it in. We got the momentum. We're all over them. Liverpool are all at sea at this point. Um, it's just wave after wave of attack. They can't get the ball. We're really high intensity, winning the ball back. And then we were so fast on the break. The second goal didn't come. And I said at half-time, Liverpool, Klopp will get them in there at half-time, probably reading the right attack and say, boys, you're lucky to still be even in this game. Uh, you've got to come out in the second half. Made a couple of switches. Um I thought all their substitutions were very, very positive. It, it made a difference. I think every substitution, not wanting to get on Gary O'Neill's back, but I, the, every substitution that he made for us, I thought, <coughs> took us back a peg. I um, I don't think it was the game for Fabio, personally. And I've stuck up for Fabio previously and stuff like that. He was literally running around like he was on a... Uh, Estelle hair thing with his hair fluttering around and stuff like that. He, he didn't get into he, he put himself about, but he didn't get anything. They've got very tall centre backs. We've got Pedro Neto that's whipping the ball in. Surely that's that's a game for Sasha. Why is he bringing on Matt Doherty, who's a fullback for for Wang? I, I, I never understood that. You've got Sarabia on the bench, who's a forward player. So, I'm really interesting to if you've got any insight on that. Because for when Doherty was going to come on, I thought he was going to come on for Samedo, who did have a decent game. Ain't Norrie, when we played Liverpool uh, previously, uh, they scored against us in the last minute, if you remember. He came off. He had Salah in his pocket. He had him in his pocket again yesterday. He came off and Salah had more time on the ball. And it seemed like... You know, the first goal, yeah, they scored. It was a shot going wide, but the guy makes them run at the back post, like Jason says, they've got in. Kilman should be doing better. The second goal, Jose Sarr, what is he doing? Jose Sarr is a great shot stopper. I think he is improving under the new goalkeeper coach in terms of his distribution. But the decision-making at that point... He's trying. He's trying to be positive. I get that. Get us up the field, but he's got two Liverpool players either side of him. He hasn't got control of the ball. It's brought down. It's like a rugby kick almost. It's brought down. Robertson gets it. He passes it out, and like he just goes through us like butter. You see it. 
like just going through in a straight line. The ball from Salah, if Aitnar is on there, I think he doesn't get that ball in for starters. You know, it's a great ball. He's a clever player. And he's just run through, toe-poked it under the keeper. And the third goal has knocked the stuffing out of us. You know, it's game over then. I mean, there's eight minutes to go. They scored at the uh, the beginning of, of added time and our heads have gone then and it, they could have had a fourth. What's your take on the whole game? What positives, what things have we have we learned, Andy? Um, well, I think for me, I, I didn't really have many sort of expect well, high expectations going into the game. I didn't think we'd take the game to them as we did. I think we were a lot more, I think most people <laughs> were surprised with how aggressive we were, how high we pressed up. I thought we'd kind of sit in a bit more and make it more difficult for them. But I think the problem is, at the moment, we can't play that way for 90 minutes. I think we've seen it, you know, we saw it in the second half against Crystal Palace. You know, to, after 60, 70 minutes, we're kind of dead on our feet. And, you know, we saw in that game that they sort of ran through us and the, the second and third goals they scored there were, were very easy from a, you know, the, the bad goals to concede, yeah. And I think that was the same thing happened on Saturday. I think, you know, for 45 minutes, you gave it a score of nine. It, we were excellent, weren't we? And the problem with that is teams like us in our situation have to score again when we're on top. You can't afford to play that well in the first half against a side like Liverpool. I think we all saw, didn't we, from the team sheet before the game, you'd have said that that back four and probably a couple of midfielders, that's not their strongest team. So our best chance of getting something from that game was to be on the front foot. And I just think you've got to score. I mean, you know, we talked about Cunha's miss. I think Neto had a chance as well where Samedo's fizzed it across. And, OK, it's come up. It's a, yeah, it came up. Yeah, that was at the back post. And it sort of came to him and he didn't, he kind of didn't adjust his body and it flew away. That was another guilt-headed chance. If he gets a contact on that towards goal, it's in. Yeah, and we saw it last season. It's a bit like, you know, it was a bit deja vu of last season's performance against Liverpool. We got the second goal, didn't we, quite quickly? We got a third in the second half, but that second goal against Liverpool last season really kicked us on. You could almost tell with the way we're playing at the moment and our lack of goals that if we don't get a second goal, you know that the opposition are going to come back into its second half. I mean, the Wang, I completely agree with your point. Each substitution made us weaker. That's the difference. When they brought their substitutes on, uh, Nunes... That, yeah, they made an impact, they made a positive impact and we couldn't deal with it. Whereas our, our substitutes made us weaker. I completely agree. It was a game for Sasser against big centre-halves. It wasn't a game for Silva. The Doherty one, I don't understand it either. Huang's a funny one. He didn't seem to be moving that freely. He's clearly got something on his knee. I don't know whether he's fit enough to last 90 minutes and it was just a case of, you know, he had to come off. Um, but when Nori went off, I was sitting with my brother-in-law and he said, this is exactly the same as what happened that previous time. Eight Nori, Samedo and Eight Nori, I think, when they're playing against better players, I know Samedo struggles against Matoma, but when they play against someone really that tests them, they almost concentrate a bit more and they seem to play better against these kind of players. And it was a big ask to take Eight Nori off and replace him with Bueno and we saw the goals come down that side. I mean, just touching on the, the SAR incident or the, you know, the way it worked out for the second goal. I mean, that's a, that's the killer, but it sums him up, doesn't it? Unfortunately, that's Jose Sarr for you. Great take from the corner, relieves the pressure and then decides... I mean, Neto, you can't blame Neto, but he's made a run. The ball was on, but when you've got that many people around you, 
he didn't get he didn't have he didn't have clear control of it did he he, he made his decision yeah. and then it's kind of looped up like i say like a rugby thing and he brought it yeah. down and there's if you look at the gap between when robinson picks it up it's got so much space to run and but no one picked him up no one's no. blocked him off he just, no, he just sort of just ran nonchalantly into the area and that's Joe Sensar, isn't it? He's, he doesn't. He's he's irrational like that. He doesn't think. You know, game management. That time of the game, we didn't need to go for a second goal at that point. But he's he's given that away. But what I will say, and we've just covered it, Robertson's run. You know, the full length of the half past four of ours. I mean, Gomez. He's run right past Gomez. And I'm not knocking him for that because actually at that point he's dead on his feet. We've made our subs. You know, Lamina went off, didn't he? We can't rely on. The new guy to last 90 minutes that's a bit that's asking a bit much from his first game i thought he was excellent but if you leave people out there that can't play that way for 90 minutes we leave ourselves really vulnerable towards the end of games and you've seen how many we concede in the second half that's got to be down to our ability to to last that you know the play, play that way we want to play for the full 90 minutes Absolutely. I mean, you make some good points. Hannah, on to you. I, I mean, um, where were you? Uh, in the, were you in, you're in the ground, aren't you, somewhere? Uh, yeah, South Bank. So you're in the South Bank, standing up. Fantastic first half. I mean, what, talk us through your day from leading up to the game, through the first half, half-time, and then the second half, and then full-time. You know, talk us through what your thought, thought process was. Yeah, I mean, I think um, Andy sort of said it, that you go to a game where you're playing against Liverpool and you don't necessarily expect to come away with much, if anything. You just kind of want to see us play well and see us improving and see us hungry. Um, So to see us come out the way that we did with so much passion, so much aggression, so much intensity was just fantastic. You know, we've said how good we were in that first half and I think... It's the best I've seen us play of late. Um, it looked like Neto was sort of back to the Neto that we know and love. It was really exciting to watch him play and the the runs that he was making, obviously creating, you know, a lot of the chances and obviously the one that led to the goal. Um, so, you know, you go 1-0 up and you, you, your hopes are raised, aren't they? And you think, wow, we could actually come away with something here. Um, I thought, you know... Everyone in the first half really played well. You've said about our new signing, Bellegarde. I thought he was really impressive. Um, you know, I, I'm really excited to see what else he'll bring, actually, going forward. I think he's a great signing. Um, and, yeah, so, you know, that first half, it, your hopes are high, but then there's also a little bit of frustration when we're not finishing those other chances. And that's sort of same old, same old. You know that cross uh, from, um, from Neto to Kuna. You must have been thinking he's going to bang that in from where you were. Yeah, like you think that's in. You don't even necessarily question it, do you? Um, and I think, you know, Jason said this really, the frustration of sort of how much we've spent on him and, and what the expectations are on him really. Like, I'm just not seeing it. Um, and I never really want to get on players' backs, but I just really want to see him come good and I'm just not seeing it. But I don't know if I would play him as the striker, um, really. Like, I think he's not a number nine. So, in a way, maybe we needed a striker on the pitch from the start. But certainly, I agree with your points about putting Sasha on at some point in the game rather than Silva. Um, but, yeah, I think we should have gone in at half-time, really, at least 2-0, if not 3-0 up, really. And that would have completely changed 
um, the game, the second half. We knew that Klopp would get on it, the team, um, during that half time. We knew they were going to come out hungry and aggressive. Um, and yet, everything that you've said, really, our, our substitutions made us weaker and their substitutions made them stronger. You know, they had a great bench um, to constantly build on the team that were on the pitch. So, um, whereas with us, yeah, I just couldn't see where those chances were coming from, really. I really wanted to see Sasha on. Um, I thought some of those crosses had his head written all over them. So, uh, yeah disappointing not to see not to see him get played I thought like the first goal that they scored um was a bit inevitable you could see us getting tired and you could see them on top so after it got to 1-1 I kind of felt like okay do you know what we'll go over the point like fair enough they've come out in the second half they've really given it to us like it's a 1-1 you know you can't really sort of complain that much but then you know, that sort of just turns to complete frustration and almost anger with Jose Sarr, everything you guys have already said. I just can't, you can't excuse that. It, it's just, there's no justification for why he made that decision. Um, I think, Dave, you might have said there's been some improvement in his distribution. I mean, I haven't seen it, but, you know, I like the positive thinking because I just don't get it. I don't get what they're working on in training because I'm not seeing him get any better at passing out, at kicking, you know. Yeah, actually... I, I, I think they got the new goalkeeper coaching and, <coughs> you know, they obviously try and play out from the back. He tried, they tried to do that chip ball out to the wings and suddenly try to get the long ball. But, you know, that's great. But it's, it's all about the right time to do it. Mm -hmm. And like I say, he, he made a mistake and it was a mistake. He handed the it, it, it. Jason has said he come out. He took the ball, relieved the pressure, fantastic, and then straight away you you, you give the ball back to Liverpool with all our with, with all our players all out. <coughs> we hadn't got a chance to get our shape. You know what? I understand. He had a bit of time, right? So why does he have to make these erratic decisions? The problem is against a team like Liverpool, you make a mistake, you'll get punished. Nine times out of ten in the Premier League against any team, even against Luton Town, right? You make a mistake, nine times out of ten, you're going to get punished. Liverpool, it's probably 9.75 times out of ten. We can't make mistakes like that. Then, we've, we've, you know, the players come through. We've already lost possession. Then the players come through. We're half asleep. Bang. It's, yeah. it's just, you know, it's just completely inexcusable. And so, we know he's got habits of doing this now and again. So, for me, we, we just can't make these mistakes, Dave. We've just done that undone that entire game ourselves and I think I agree with that Jason that he he does do this often it's not like a, a one-off mistake you know he, he did it against Brighton he, yeah. he is he is guilty of getting the, getting these decisions wrong making these mistakes and giving that possession away immediately when actually we need to just keep the ball and take it Absolutely. to them. and for that reason it's very difficult to trust him at the back so when the ball is being zipped across the box and, and we're trying to play it from the back our hearts are in our mouths you know, mm -hmm. and I'm sure it's like that with most, most Premier League teams, even if it's Liverpool or Man City. Nobody wants to see them playing. We were always taught as kids, don't play the ball across your own box. So it's not comfortable for any of us. But at Wolves, when you know some of these players have got a mistake in them and can switch off at times and aren't with it, then you know that, that there could be, you know, there could be a problem. Yesterday, though, that, that distribution, you know, we didn't need, we didn't need to do that. We just didn't need to do it. And we just give them the ball straight back and that's it. 
I think yeah. that, that that sort of point there, when that goal happened, on, I mean, we were 1-1 on 85 minutes. The goal goes in. And the thing that's concerning for me, and I, I, I do... I did find Gary O'Neill's press conference comments a little bit amusing. I mean, the guy from Bournemouth that we had on the channel said about this, he says things that no one seems to make any sense. I mean, he's like, some of the stuff he says, well, Liverpool are this, that, and the other, we've got to play this. We know they're a good side, but like they had players missing. We were on the front foot. I, I think it was um, Dinny on the international fan that said, did he tell the players at half time to come out and hold on to that lead? Because the first half we came out and we didn't give Liverpool chance to even put their game plan into into effect. And the second half we seemed to be sort of like holding on. Dave, there's almost there's almost a bit of a mentality issue. So we did discuss the other week the fact that against Brighton, second half we come out sauntering like about a bollocking, and and. Brighton are coming out with the chest puffed out. You look at Liverpool on the first goal. As soon as that goal goes in, they're in the back of the net, getting the ball, retrieving it themselves, getting it to the halfway line to get on with the game so they know they can beat us. Why isn't one of our players running, getting the ball out there, taking it to the half line, thinking, come on, let's take this to them. Let's take it to Liverpool. Let us get the winner. The mentality is, as soon as Liverpool scored, they think they're winning that game. They, they wasn't there for a point. You know what? They was there to win that game. And as soon as they got the equaliser, Watch the goal back, Dave. They're running the back of the net, get the ball and take it to the halfway line. Andy, they're now there for the taking. Andy, do you, do you see that? Because, like, we've is it 10 out of the 11 goals that we've conceded are all in second half? And if you look at the game against Brighton, three goals in 10 minutes, second half. Um, if you look at the Palace game, we capitulated almost sort of the same thing. Um, Liverpool again. Everton, we didn't play very well, and we, you know, we managed to get get a win. United, obviously, we played well throughout the whole game, and didn't. But do you think there's a fitness issue because um, Lamina, obviously, going cramp, ain't Nori. The, the other thing that I want to want to mention before we go on to our ratings and everything, I thought every substitution, I, I'm really questioning because the midfield. I think the midfield looks good with Lamina, uh, Gomez, who had a good game, both of them, and Bellegarde. Obviously, Bellegarde's just new to the new to the Premier League, so I think, but he replaced two thirds of the midfield in one go. Mm -hmm. I.e., brought on um, Doyle, who's obviously a hot prospect, uh, and he brought on Bubakar Traore, who he brought on the previous week. Uh, previous game against Palace when we lost control of the midfield. And we, we we changed two of our midfield three in one go. And I just thought that was a bizarre decision as well. Yet switch them, bring on one with someone else and then do, let them settle in it. But changing two at the same time, which are very young, inexperienced players against the Liverpool team that was starting getting the ascendancy. I, I thought that was a mistake as well. And the Doherty one, I can't understand it. And bringing Silver on instead of Sasha. You know, Hugo Bueno is going to come on for eight, Nori. Fair enough. But, I mean, people are starting to question the decision-making and what's happening in the second half of games because Klopp changed the game and positive substitutions and ours seem negative. I, I don't know. What do you, yeah. what, what do you I take? Mean, the, yeah, I mean, the top, top managers react to things going on in the game, don't they? If you look at the last two games, you know, we equalise at Palace... 
and he makes those changes that we didn't expect then, right after the goals happened. Same yesterday, they equalise immediately. He makes two changes that I don't think anybody in the ground would have made, really. And if you change so much of one unit, especially central midfield, in one go, it's quite a big. that's quite a big impact, really, in the game. It's just a lot. I imagine it's a lot to do with the fitness, though. As I say, we just don't think we can carry on playing that way for 90 minutes at the moment with the way that they're trying to do it. And then we don't have the quality off the bench. Do, I mean, do you think it's because, like Jason made, how many passes they made, how many passes? Because we're doing such a lot of running early doors that yeah, the time kicks in. Some of it, though, I think some of their passes in the first half, we let them, well, not to let but they had the ball in a, in their half or, you know, they weren't caught. Sometimes you can look at the stats and look at the passes and the possession. They weren't causing us any damage in the first half. They had a lot of ball, but they weren't really getting anywhere with it. So it's not all about that. But it's the ability for us to keep the pressure on, and we couldn't do that in the second half. So we gave them confidence. We gave them... I mean, we talked about, do you bring Silver on, do you bring Sasser on? It isn't just about his height attacking balls in the box or whatever. It's his ability to hold the ball up, to give us a, a focal point, something to make the ball stick. It didn't stick second half. We were continuously under the cosh because we couldn't make it stick. Silver didn't have a single ball that he killed to his feet. He didn't. It, it bounced off him. He didn't get it. it. You know, that's a very difficult thing for a team to keep defending against a team like Liverpool with their subs as well over that amount of time. But I think also as well, the, the mistakes we're making, some of the comments we're making as well, and the, the right comments, but we just sound a little bit like that newly promoted team. You know, the... You get punished if you make mistakes. You know, we've been in the league now for a few years. We should know this by now. This yeah. isn't a new thing, but we're we're almost playing well, doing just about enough, but being yeah, you know, but losing, and everyone's kind of seeing some of the positives. But that isn't how it works. You get punished in this league, and we should know that by now. Absolutely, uh, Hannah. You've heard the the points there. I mean, what's first of all, what's the, what's your take on the, the decision making so far that you've seen from Gary? We've got bear in mind it's early doors yet. You're still getting to know the squad. We've still got the substitution, uh, the new signings that are coming in, and stuff. And we have played a very, very good Brighton team. Who, by the way, took United apart yesterday. They could have had four or five, you know. We've lost to Liverpool, who are going to be right up there again at the end of the season. United, we should have beat them. We should have had a penalty. You know, Palace, we had the opportunity in the first half. We didn't take them and then we fell apart. And then, obviously, the Everton game, we did get a result. And we're going to look ahead in a second to your thoughts ahead of Luton, everyone. But, like, what's your take in so far on what you're making of Gary O'Neill? And then we want to move on to your performance rating, your man of the match, and your highlight of the day, and that could just be going home for a cup of tea after the match or going for a curry if it wants to be, but all of those things. But first of all, your take so far on, on Gary O'Neill? Yeah, I mean, it's a hard one, isn't it? Because he is um, he's still new and finding his feet, as you said. So I'll always want to be giving him the benefit of the doubt and you know give him a, a decent amount of time to take, to make it work his way and, and get to know the players and the, the squad and everything. So... You know, I don't necessarily agree with his substitutions. Um, like agreeing with everything you've just said, like playing, I'd I'd have put different players on. I'd have probably tried to keep someone for longer. Obviously, some I think the Aitnori one was an injury that forced him to put Bueno on. So yeah, I don't, yeah, you can understand that one. Yeah, and I don't. I th- I think when you then have to put Bueno on, and you think, oh, I don't know, what, you know, that, that's a substitute I didn't want to make. 
um, you know, you, you have to sort of go back to the drawing board a little bit. So, yeah, you know, I, I, I didn't agree with his subs and I don't tend to sort of in some of the games and maybe like they're not on at the right time either. Um, but that being said, I just tend to not try and moan about the manager and just give him chance to, you know, work it out. And I think, I think the situation is with, with, with O'Neill, um, obviously, you know, when he came in, he was like, no one would have said, oh, yeah, we want Gary O'Neill. Mm -hmm. um, but it's still early doors. He come in late. So he's got a little bit of that. We've seen some positive play, you know, some positive, lots of positive. But we've also seen to think some a bit of naivety and a little bit of like, I don't agree with turning around and saying, yeah, we know we're not as good as Liverpool. Yeah, OK, probably. But we can be, a, you know, you're still playing you know, 11 men versus 11 men on the pitch. You've still got yeah. the same energy and legs and commitment and stuff like that. You can still concentrate. You can still do the basics right. And if you're turning right and putting your white flag up and saying, well, mm. they're better than us when we've got a play. No, we're Wolverhampton Wanderers. This is our house and we're not going to let you knock it down. And I felt like we handed the initiative. And I think the jury is out and we've got to give him time. Because mm. okay, he's made these decisions. He made one last uh, two weeks ago against Palace. But if this continues with these strange substitutions and things that continue, it's, it reminds me a bit of Bruno Large. You know, he was doing his substitutions. Then eventually, that's going to come back to bite him in the thing. The substitute, every substitution that we make, should make the team stronger, not weaker, and have. The, the supporters should be able to understand what he's trying to do. But when you've got four substitutions out of five that you go in, not really sure what he's yeah. thinking there, you start to ask questions. And you can see in the comments, people are asking the questions and stuff as well. So how long do you give O'Neill as a fan, Hannah, um, to start to get these things right? How long do, how long do you give him? Yeah, I think... I don't, I mean, I don't have a definite answer for you there, Dave, but I, th I think for fans, I think that that time is coming, like they're going to run out of patience and grace to kind of give them the benefit of the doubt. I think you touched on it there really about mindset and about, you know, yeah, you might be able to say, okay, we're not a top six team or whatever, but is, is the goal at the end of this season just to survive another relegation battle or is the goal at the end of this season to, you know... Make progress. You know I mean? Exactly. And so I think that's, I'm starting to get the feeling that we're kind of going, oh, I think we'll just about make it to, you know, to survive. I think we'll be all right. So we'll just sort of be at this level. Whereas that's not what any of us want as fans, is it? That's not what the players want. So I, yeah, I think he's got a, you know, got maybe a couple of games. I think obviously you said we'll touch on like Luton and, and the upcoming games, Luton, then we've got Man City. So, you know, we've got we've got some interesting fixtures coming up and I think he's really got to... We've, we've got to win against Luton at the end of the day, haven't we? I that's think, a, that's a I must think win. if you lose against Luton, um, that would yeah. be... <laughs> I think that might, you know... But anyway, we're going to come on to that. Your performance rating, Hannah? Are we allowed to um, do each half separately? <laughs> you can do each half and then get an average score, yeah. Go on. Okay. Uh, oh, gosh. I, I think I'll go eight for the first half because of the fact that I do think we were brilliant, but we still missed a couple of chances. So I don't think we were, you know, perfect or anything. Second half, oh, I don't even know. Um, 
I want to be positive-ish. <laughs> Let's go four. So you're going an average of six overall? Yeah. Average of six overall. <laughs> okay. So uh, you're man of the match? Um, I reckon it might be Neto. I, I really genuinely think he played one of his best games. Obviously came in with the assist. Brilliant on the ball. Um, so yeah, I think I'll go with Neto. And your personal highlight of the day? Well, it was our goal, I think. Just so soon in the in the game as well, really, to celebrate that goal is just fantastic. So, yeah. Absolutely. Well, brilliant. Well done, Hannah. We'll come back to you on Luton. And guys, if you start to have any questions for any of the panel before we end up the end the first half, um, start to think of your questions now because when we get to uh, Andy, you can fire in the. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Questions as well. Uh, Jason, your, um, your thoughts on the game... Yeah. Yeah, I think we've I think we've all got to be a bit careful about. And listen, I, I've been a little bit obviously disappointed with the results. Played five, lost four, doesn't make good reading. But what we're going to remember about Gary O'Neill is before the season, he's had a week. Exactly. He's had a week. Yeah, he's been chucked in at it. But not only that, right? We knew he was getting an experienced manager. So we knew we we haven't got a manager experienced in seeing out games, experienced as a manager in the Premier League. We knew that from the off. We also know it's different now in as much as, you know, he, he, he can't come with a load of players that he wants to sign because that's all done behind the scenes. And this is why uh, probably another reason that Fosun wanted a character like Gary O'Neill as opposed to Lopetegui, where he's subsequently put his dummies out the pram. We get rid of Gary O'Neill in a couple of games. Then who do we get in? So a couple of people come at me today after I put a positive post on about Gary O'Neill. So I don't want to get on his back just yet. Yes, it's not great. Played five, lost four. So put a... Put a post out there. Oh, a couple of games or Christmas or we're going to be down by then. Who do you bring in? That's it. Who do we bring in? Who's available? And then one bloke comes back to me and says, oh, well, 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 we'll wait for someone to get sacked. That's it. Let's get a manager in a, in a losing streak, losing matches, low on confidence with a massive payoff. Who's got sacked? Why didn't I think of that? <clears throat> Listen, with Gary O'Neill, we know we've got an inexperienced manager. There is positives. So let's focus on the positives. The positives are against Man United. The positives are the first half against Liverpool. The negatives, second half against Liverpool. The negatives, not putting Man United to bed. But then you look at the players we've got at our disposal. Cunha and Fabio Silva, £80 million worth of transfer value there. 
which can't buy a goal, 80 million pounds, and we can't buy a goal. So we can't keep pointing, you know, we can't point the fingers at Gary O'Neill. He didn't even start Silver. Yes, game management wasn't great, but I think that's going to change with experience. I think once... The well, intense- I'm, I'm, to be honest, mate, that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping he's learning yeah. from these, these substitutions. Think- that's why I'm well, saying... Absolutely. But, if but, he keeps you know, making these strange substitutions, yeah, that's Dave, what he'll start saying. Dave, it's five games in. I yeah. understand. I've got that frustration. We was all scratching our heads yesterday, but we could also see it happening from Liverpool's point of view, right? Yeah, he's not good enough. I understand, but this is we know we've taken him on. We haven't got Sam Allardyce in with a manager with 20 years' experience, and we're all going, Oh, yeah, we knew we had no experience. We knew we were going to come and stuck in games. Did we genuinely think that when we took Gary O'Neill on, now we're going to be in the top six, played 5 1 4? Well, no, we didn't. So I, I can't understand that the absolute meltdown on social media. You get rid of a manager, then you have to bring a new manager in. Then you have to bring his whole backroom team in. Then it unsettles the players. Then it takes him five or six games to get his momentum. Then we're all saying, oh, let's wait till Christmas. And then he gets a break. Then he can have his own mini pre-season, like we did with Lopetegui. Yeah? So I don't think the answer is getting rid of Gary O'Neill anytime soon because whoever gets this poison chalice is going to be in the same problem, mm-hmm. right? So I think I've seen some encouraging signs from Gary O'Neill in the first half and in certain matches. And the Everton game was particularly poor, but we still won it. Maybe that's good game management, bringing Kalidic on, blah, blah, blah. But he's got to learn from these mistakes. He's got to be given this experience. Fosun have chose this manager with all this inexperience and took him on. There's people on social media now, get rid of him tonight, get rid of him tomorrow, get rid of that's him next ridiculous. week. I understand this how much we give him. This is what I'm saying. You, so he, you've so he, loses against, he loses against Luton and Man City, Dave. You know, it, it's, it's an untenable position. Man City, you know. To be fair, Jason, if he loses against Man City and we give a performance, people will go, yeah, but if he loses next week against well, Luton... But but this is the thing, but then... Dave, <laughs> no one's going to happen. Then, but, then, but then, are we going to turn into Watford, get rid of him, get someone else in? Who then? Oh, should we need Rob Edwards from Luton? Who are we going to get? Unless we're going to get someone who's performing, who wants to come to Wolves, who we're poaching, who we're paying out of a contract, maybe, but we're not going to do that, Dave. We're going to wait for someone to get sacked. We're going to wait. We're not going to be any better off. So I just say, for now, better the devil you know. Hopefully, we'll win against Luton. It's, it's way, way, way too early. Anyway, we're absolutely. I do understand people's frustrations, Dave, because I'm as frustrated. But getting rid of a whole backroom team, paying him off when he's on this three-year deal, it ain't going to happen anyway. By the way, if we lose to Luton and Man City, I will sit here. He's not getting sacked. I'll tell you that now, Dave. He ain't getting sacked. He ain't getting sacked. It's the end of it, right? But, obviously, at some point, he's going to have to be judged. Five games and it's too early. So, I'm off my soapbox now. I'm angry with the bloke from Sky because he's pissed me about my broadband. So, I'm taking out on you guys. It's the broadband's fault. Anyway, don't worry about that. First off, nine out of ten. Brilliant. Thought we was going to win the league. Gary O'Neill's Barmy Army. Second off, four out of ten. Average it in the middle, six and a half out of ten. Man of the match for me, Neto. Look back to his best. It's easy to say and early to say, you know, after just one game of blistering pace and beating plays and creating chances. But he had it all. Man to the mere. Can't disagree with Hannah and Neto. Man of the match. And I can't disagree with the goal. The goal, relatively early in the game. We looked exciting from the off. We looked on the front foot. Great ball across. Quang finished it. Difficult angle. Keep could have done better with it. Doesn't matter. Brilliant start. Six and a half out of ten. Jason Guy News at 10. Good night. <laughs> Wang's got three goals now, the same as he had last season. 
Andy, yeah, like you've heard, I mean, you know, come back on what Jason's been saying about Gary, because you, your thoughts is, you know, we're all having a talk about, like, 25 games in and all that sort of jazz, yeah, and the substitutions and stuff. Your thoughts on that and, you know, how that progresses over the next few games and, of course, your performance right man of the match in your, um, your highlight of the day. It's, it is difficult, when you've got a manager that is, he's only got one season behind him, he's learning on the job, isn't he? You can't expect too much too soon. Unfortunately, like you say, we've backed somebody. Now you've got to give them time to do it, but it's a very unforgiving league. And unfortunately, if the points are on the board soon, that will speak for itself. So, you know, performances are a big indicator of where your results are going to come from. If it was absolutely terrible and we weren't performing it in either half, you'd have a lot more to worry about. There are some positives. But he's not stupid. He's got. He's going to know that he's got to stitch that together for ninety minutes and get some points on the board. Otherwise, you know, this doesn't happen, does it? So we have got to stick with him. Luton's obviously a massive game. There's nothing more of a typical Wolves result to go and give Luton their first win of the season. That's got Wolves written all over it, hasn't it? Unfortunately for you know Wolves fans of a of a you know, long long time, we've all seen that before. Um, in terms of the match, you know, I really enjoyed that first half. I didn't have, as I said before, I didn't have any expectations. And so to come away at half time, having put on a performance like that, I thought it was great. But you can't lose 3-1 at home, being outplayed most of the second half and give a score. You know, I'd, I'd have said a seven, but I think we had to go with a six just because generally over the course of the 90 minutes, we just couldn't do enough to um, warrant a higher score. I think... No one's going to argue with Neto, man of the match. I thought he was excellent, back to his best, the way he ran at people. I've always thought he's 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 almost lost that confidence to take a man on, but he almost showed a different side, that he'd stand somebody up. And then the way he ran between the two or three of them for that first goal. Any coincidence uh, he's now playing on the left, not the right? Uh, oh, massively. I've been sick to death of watching him on the right, where he can only cut in. It's just... It doesn't make any sense. Play people in their natural positions. I actually thought um, Cunha did quite well when he floated out to the right at times. There was that throw-in at the start, uh, end of the first half where he went past three or four of them. Okay, his shot was terrible, but it was that ability still to go it off. Can you, but I think he saw Absolutely. that score already. But he's got that ability to go past people, so why not try him being further out with Neto on the other side but have more of a target man in the middle? That's something we haven't seen that before. and We had trial rate for a bit, but you just need that ability to go past people, commit players and create some space for others. So I think that's got a bit of legs in it, potentially. Um, highlight of the day, I thought Bellegarde was excellent. I think for a debut, I thought that was... And his ability to run and get us up the pitch from a central position rather than always relying out wide, he gave me a little bit of a reminder of Jota, that ability, that bit of strength, but the ability to bounce off people and travel Not up very the pitch. Big, is no, but he, he's he's stocky. What about that he took it out, took it out the air on his chest, yeah. and then just oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, so I think we'll see a lot from him, and I thought I was really encouraged with as a debut. I think that they put him straight in tells you everything they know about um, yeah, what he can add to the team. And what was your highlight of the day? Did I miss that? Bellegarde, his debut. Bellegarde, yeah, just spoke about it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Bellegarde. Right, uh, Hannah um, Luton. Next week, thoughts? Um, well, as similar to what we've already said, it's a must win. Um, but as Andy just said, you know, you wouldn't be too shocked if it was the one that we uh, 
you know, got completely wrong. But I think if we can come out with the energy that we came out against Liverpool in that first half, if we can see it as that level of game, my worry with like teams like Luton or whatever, you don't go out with that same intensity because you don't see them as the same threat as, say, a Liverpool team. Or, or like Man U, but realistically, you've got to go out with the same level of intensity, passion, hunger, drive. So I want to see us come out like that. Um, and I think, yeah, just go there to win and get a couple of goals sort of straight away, really. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm hopeful. What do you score, Lucian? I'd like to say 2-0. I like that. Um, Andy, we'll go with you next. Luton. Yeah, I mean, like I was just said, it's people coming out the ground. People were saying, "Oh, you know, if we play like that against Luton next week, we'll be fine." But that's the thing, isn't it? Will we play the same way? Will Luton play us? Let us play the same way as we've done um, on Saturday. I don't know. With Wolves, you don't get those string of performances do you, where we play the same way and give the performance you'd expect. So a lot of it, it's a small ground. I know a lot of us have been there before in other leagues, but. They're going to make it difficult. They need the point. They're going to they're going to highlight this game as their chance to get points. It isn't just about us. Um, they're going to really see this as a target. So I'm not expecting um, you know too much in terms of goals. Clearly, we need the points. I think you know draw probably isn't good enough now because of our results. Maybe if we got a point on on Saturday, it'd be different. But yeah, I think if we can nick a a one nil, I mean, just take a clean sheet at the minute. I think that's something else we've got to get back to doing. But yeah, I can't see there being many goals and hopefully we can nick it 1-0. Fantastic. And finally, Jason, yourself? I think Luton's going to be a, a, a massive barometer for us. You know, it's difficult to pick yourselves against the Liverpools and the Man Citys and see where you're at. Um, and, and Hannah's quite right. You know, we can't come out of the blocks there and set up completely different against Luton and give them a bit more time and space on the ball and decide to attack differently. We've got to hit them with exactly the same intensity as, as we hit Liverpool the other day. So it's a massive barometer. And if we do lose or we do draw, we've got to realise that that's probably about our level. You know, we've got to be honest where you look at some of the players we've got. And I think maybe we're, because of their either the transfer fees or because of their careers or because of where they're at or where they've been, we, we you know, we're putting them on this pedestal, which perhaps they don't need to really be on. So Luton's going to be a massive game for me. Um, so I'm going to go for Luton 2, Wolves now. No, I'm not. I'm going to go for <laughs> flipping neck. I could never come back on again. I'm going to go for the one nil. I'll take the clean sheet. I'll take a goal. I'll take it coming off flipping Cunha's ear or Silver's flowing locks. I'll take anything. But we need to beat Luton. And then, you know what? If we lose against Man City, it's one of them. I don't want to lose against Man City. But, you know, we've got to be honest. This is where we're at. We need to beat the teams around us. And we're right down there. Finally, Jason, do you want to just give a, a quick plug for the book and tell everyone how, uh, no. how it's going? Yes, I do, Dave. Thank you very much. Uh, I mentioned uh, Tales from the Tape uh, last week on here, Dave. And, and because of you, it sold over £800 worth of books, which are obviously supporting three charities close to my heart. 36 chapters in the book, former players and coaches. Some unbelievable stories. I think I told you a couple of them last time, Dave. So you can pre-order now. It's actually being printed as we speak. It's going to be out in six weeks. On your doorstep, you can read it in bed. You can even read it, wrap it up again, give it to someone as a Christmas present. If you don't enjoy it, I'll give you your money back. Talesandthetake.co.uk. 
Brimming brilliant, mate. Well done. Um, yeah, check that out. I say quite a lot was sold last week. Um, so there's still a few available. So make sure that you uh, you check uh, that out. Jason, you, you've got a ticket for Luton, ain't you? Sadly. Do you want to buy? Anyone want to buy a ticket for Luton? Ten quid. I'll, ten quid I'll, I'll, I haven't got one. I've got ten I'm quid like, in the back of the room. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I have. Well, like fairy um, dust. Sadly, well, I have, yeah. the first away game I've missed in, in forever. Be the first away game I've been to in 20 years, Dave. So I'm pleased I got it. That's a joke, by the way, before everybody comes at me. Now, <laughs> listen, now I'm looking forward. Can I say, I thought Hannah and Andy were brilliant tonight. Hannah, debut, brilliant. You look like an experienced player who's played over 500 games for the club. So I'm really pleased. You made a good debut as Bellegarde, Hannah. Thank you. <laughs> oh, no. Better, Thank better you. Than it. Better than it. <laughs> And it, Andy's like a player that we've had out on loan for ages, and he's come back and um, you know he's made a, he's come back into the into. The Andy's squad. Denny Thurwin, isn't he? Toti <laughs> Gomez. Hannah, have you enjoyed it? I have. Yes, thank you so much for having me on. Will you come on again? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you'll have me. Absolutely, Andy. Good to have you back as well, mate. Uh, with your uh, with your thoughts. Thanks for a great contribution. Yeah. Cheers, Dave. Brilliant. Well, that concludes the end of the first half. Thank you to uh, the Lord Jason, Monster Andy and our debutant, Hannah. I'm going to drop you guys off now. And then I'm going to introduce the uh, and our second half guests. Uh, now it's after the watershed. All right. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Thank you. So fantastic. Just to remind you uh, that uh, it is powered extra time by a local company creation uh, wolf who can help with your digital uh, brand so make sure you check out them so the second half is going to be after the watershed we do have back the voice of reason mr jack how you doing mate yeah that's a bad day how are you um, i'm not bad mate i'm not bad yeah. i'm interested to hear your take we have Another returnee from from back off loan. Scott, if you can turn your phone round the other way so we can get you, that's better. Filling up the screen. You're right, mate. Yeah, not too bad, you. Yeah, it's good to have you uh, back with your thoughts as well for this one. And we also have back as it's after the watershed. We'll have to get him a t-shirt with that on. <laughs> it's sooty. You're right, mate. Good evening, people. <laughs> I love the way you just go. Good evening, mate. Fantastic, guys. So so good to have you on for the second half of the show. Um, there will be a Q and A at the end. Jack, let's kick off with you first, mate. I mean, sum it up. You're the voice of reason. Let's hear some of it. Yeah, um, I, I kind of see it a little bit different to everyone else. I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Personally, I just think Liverpool were really good second half. I, I get, I get that there's all you know. We sat back too deep, and we invited pressure. I get that. Their substitutions were very good. He went to four-two-four effectively at half time, didn't he? Pushed us right back. It was four v four then. Our back four against their back four. I think that was partly why he brought Matt Doherty on to try and stop Robertson. So it was kind of a one v one in that situation. It didn't work because Robertson had the freedom of that half of the pitch to score the second goal, didn't he? Which we can come on to. But I, I kind of get it from that point of view. But I, uh, as, as as frustrating as it was, I think sometimes you just kind of go, you know what, you're playing a good team. And as well as we played first half, you knew second half they were going to come out and they were going to be a lot better than they were in the first half. 
yes, we should have managed the game a lot better. Yes, we should have, the substitution could have been different, should have been different, would have been different, all this kind of, you know, hindsight never loses. I, I get that. But, you know, I think we've got to kind of cling on to that first half and kind of go, that was really, really good. Against a decent team, like we said, Liverpool are very strong. I know they've got players out, but they're still... I mean, this is the thing with, with Liverpool and Manchester City and Chelsea and Tottenham and all these teams. They go, oh, no, uh, £90 million centre-half's injured. We'll have to play a £60 million centre-half instead. It's it's kind of like every player that they play is an international experienced player. And it's... um. First half was really, really good. You know, we, the tempo was good, the energy, we, we were direct. I mean, Neto looked as good as he's been in since he had those two injuries. Uh, I thought Belgard was fantastic, direct, the player that we all hoped he would be. You know, when we talked about him the other week when, when he was announced that he'd signed, we said we want someone that carries the ball and runs at people. That's exactly what he did. I think within two minutes of being on the pitch, he'd won us a corner, hadn't he? He'd gone past two players and and got the cross was blocked. Uh, so the first half was really good. Second half, yes, we were on our dead on our feet for the last 20 minutes. If anyone was going to win the game, it was going to be Liverpool. Of course it was. Yeah. Could we have held on for the point? Probably. Saar, did he need to kick the ball? Absolutely not. He could have just held it and we could have just managed the time. But let's cling on to that first half as, as a real sort of benchmark. And if we can play like that on a bit more of a consistent basis, we've got to get fitter. And we've got to start getting these details right, you know. Then, then I think we'll be okay because <clears throat> that was a really good first half performance. Fantastic, thanks, Jack. Uh, we're going to go over to Sutty now for your t- uh, initial take. Dross. First <laughs> half was good, Dave. Good first half. Not knocking that, but we are so so frail that. Um, we just open up, Dave. Like we concede, we lose. There's there's no in between here. It is just utter, utter rubbish. The second half. Now I know Saar made a boo boo, but that ball, Dave, landed five yards inside our own half, and Andy Robertson carried that ball for thirty yards unchallenged. Nobody put a challenge in. He laid it off. He got it back. Nobody, not one person, put a challenge in. That's just not good enough, Dave. He should have been wiped out somewhere, Dave. That's not good enough. Look, (laughs) I'm like a scratch record. I keep coming on here and, and, and saying that six years ago, Dave, we won the championship. I say this every week. I'm sick of saying this, Dave. I'm so downhearted at the state of this club. And, and not only that, Dave, I'm also downhearted with how we, us lot, as a fan base, well, I'm not, but the majority of them, are accepting of what we've become. <laughs> Why are we so accepting of utter, utter rubbish and keep saying... If we keep playing like we did for 20 minutes, we'll be okay. Football's not 20 minutes, Dave. It's not even 90 minutes now. It's 95 to 100 minutes. We, we can't get a good 40, a full 40 minutes. Now, when, we be, when football becomes a 40-minute game, we might be half decent. But it ain't never happening. 
right? So we've got no identity whatsoever. We capitulate as soon as we score. There's no leaders. I'm not blaming Gary O'Neill. The bloke had four days pre-season, right? There's, there's one group of people here who are to blame for this start and how this club is being run. And you're going to speak that. I'll be sick of me saying this, Dave. I don't care. I don't care what anybody thinks. It's the truth. No one likes the truth, but we will survive by the skin of our teeth because we know we don't look up, Dave. We think the first thing we've looked at this season as a club is, and this is by recruitment as well, there are three worse sides than us. Just. That's a and dangerous way to play with. And those. that's dangerous, right? So I'm going to have two minutes of a say now, and then I'm going to shut up, and I'm going to listen to how accepting we've become as a fan base. Oh, it's great. It's not. It's shite, Dave. I've had enough of it, right? It's utter rubbish. So six years ago, I did this last time. Six years ago, Nuno comes in, okay? And we created an identity. He did, not us, but we bought into it, okay? And he had us running in the championship like a high-powered Porsche motor car, didn't he? No, not many took us apart, Dave. We were better then than we are now. That's fact. I'll argue with that out with anybody. We, are, we were better six years ago than what we are currently. As a club whole, we were, okay? So, we ran as a Porsche, and then the following season, when we won the championship, he took us up to Ferrari status, Dave. We got two seventh-place finishes in Europe. But the only trouble is, Dave, we had a, we had a near-side blowout, right? And on the near-side blowout, we never repaired it properly. But then we got rid of the racing driver and replaced him. The owners replaced him. With a bin wagon driver, Dave. Right? So, we've gone from Formula One status, all of a sudden, down to stock car racing. Okay? And we're trying to smash the shit out of everything that comes our way and getting picked off because we ain't good enough. We then, we've not only got a repaired front wheel, we haven't put a new tyre on, we've repaired the wheel, we've given him very little to repair it with. We've got rid of him, Dave. And we bought another lad in, but instead of having 789 brake horsepower and a Ferrari 812, we've now got the framework of it, but we've got a 39 brake horsepower Robin Reliant engine trying to bulldozer through for 40 minutes. And it keeps cutting out. We aren't good enough. We'll survive, but this is a really, really risky strategy. I'm not blaming O'Neill at all. He'll get my full back in. But he will be an easy scapegoat, Dave. Because all this lot at the top will do is blame him. They'll say, he wasn't good enough. We gave him, we gave him the players. He wasn't good enough. And I guarantee you that's what will happen. He's going to be an easy scapegoat. We've replaced quality with cheap Chinese shot, basically, Dave. And that is the reality. So get ready for a bumpy ride in your three-wheel car because that's basically what we are. And if you've ever been in a Robin Reliant, 
You'll know how rocky they are, Dave. Fantastic, especially going round roundabouts. Um, Scott, um, you've heard what Jack's had to say. You've heard a little bit of a polar opposite view from Sooty. Um, where are you sitting at this point? Uh, what's your take? Well, I said ages ago when we got rid of Nuno and all the fans were calling for it and saying, like, you know, it's time for him to go and all this, that be careful what you wish for because we've never recovered since. We, honest, we honestly haven't. Like, Bruno Large we played more attacking football and we were excited by it, all this, but it got us nowhere. And cool. ever since then, we got the one manager that all fans were calling for and he did a runner. And now we're left with Gary O'Neill. And again, we can't blame him. He's just been bored in because there's basically nobody else. And he's doing the best he can with what he's got. But at the beginning of this season, I would have said there's at least six teams that have got more chance of going down than us. But now I wouldn't say that at all. I think, if anything, we're going to be in a re real tough relegation battle, in my opinion. Okay, just, just Scott, it stops there, because I've got to play the thing. We've played five games, right? we played United, who were top four last year, or top five. We played Brighton, yeah. who were going to probably finish top four this year and took apart. They took the beat to us, but we had the chance to, again against them. We, it was 10 minutes at the start of the second half. We've lost to a Liverpool team that are going to be, hopefully, from their point of view, fighting for Champions League and the title. We beat Everton when we weren't, we just lost Nunes and all that, and we didn't play very well. We scrapped out a result there. We showed a bit of character. Crystal Palace, decision-making, I think, second half, you know, we fell apart. We've only played five games. Three of those games have been against teams that are in the top six. So can you yep. really... This is what I'm saying. The Luton game really becomes a big barometer, I think, because... Yeah. Let me catch your argument. Yeah. Let me catch your argument that... so. What sums it up for me in one easy example would be, you remember in the game against Liverpool today, um, yesterday, the cross that Neto put in for Kuna, and it was like the most shocking display of trying to header a ball I've ever seen. And then you think back to if that was, yeah, exactly. And you think back to Jimenez, that would have been a goal. Like, I would even go as far as to say if it was Triori, it's a goal. But Kunda, as much as I, as much as I like him... Goal, very similar to that against Palace, though. He almost, you know, crossed, he finished it. And I think he was trying to do the same thing. But he felt to me as though he didn't judge the, the, the flight of the ball and he jumped mm. too early. And he that's, he... that's what I'm saying, though. Like, with chances like that, if we keep, if we keep missing chances like that, it's going to be a very long season. Like, the only positive I could... I can look at is he Chan. He Chan stepped up and scored three goals in five now, I believe. He scored like, as many goals as he did the entire last season. Yeah, exactly. So this, so I would literally like Neto probably had one of his best games this season so far for Wolves. And if he keeps playing like that all season, we're gonna get opportunities in the box. And if you put somebody like Sasser up there to win the headers and anything on the back post for you followed in by He Chan. We will get more goals. Absolutely. I mean, Sasha, to Mark Davis saying Sasha would have buried the header. I mean, exactly. um, he, would have. he wouldn't have even jumped. He would have just headed it in. Absolutely. Jack, you've heard what Sutty's had to say. Um, what's your response to that? 
I, I don't disagree. Uh, and I, I think we've, we've talked a lot about what's gone on at the club and sort of the decline and the, the sort of the accepting of, you know, inferior replacements and the fact that there seems to be financial issues and, and there's no clarity on what those issues are. And, you know, it, it, it it's as a fan, you just want to support your team. And it's becoming more and more difficult to be a football fan these days because you have to be an expert on finances and, and politics and you have to understand uh, how academies work and how medical departments work and how recruitment departments work. You know, so I, I think there's, there's, there's everything you said is absolutely right. I think what I was saying is, is in relation purely to the game yesterday. And, and, and I think, like I said, I think, you know, you're playing Liverpool, so... They are a better team than us. I don't think there's any sort of anyone would say anything other than that. We went we went toe to toe with them first half, and we were better than them in the first half, and that's why I'm I'm positive about that because I think you, you saw flashes of of a team that were that were brave and wanted to you score saw goals. Than flash. You saw a whole forty five minutes. It weren't just like a twenty minutes. It was a whole half. But what happened at half time? We didn't take the chances. Did Gary O'Neill send the team to 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 try and? as some people suggested, to try and hold on to what we've got because we didn't seem to have that same um, energy, that same desire to close down and win the ball. The initiative changed with all the substitutions, every substitution they made, and we talked about every substitution. I couldn't understand four of the substitutions. What, what, what's your take on the substitutions that he made yesterday? Yeah. Doherty coming on for Wang, you know, um, came on. Bringing Fabio on when it was a game, we got they got really tall defenders. You know, not the game for Fabio. Sasha coming on when they took Kuna off as well. We lost impetus. Then the two double substitution taking two of our midfield off at the same time. You go Bueno, okay, eight Nori come off. But like the substitutions to me were just poor. No, they were yeah. But but like I go back to what I said at the start, the the, the substitution that Liverpool made had a massive impact on the game as well. Sometimes yeah, we kind of look at look and go, it's all about Wolves and it's about what we do and it's about how we play. And sometimes the opposition have a big, big say in the game as well. They, they do every time, don't they? So I, I think, you know, going 4-2-4 like they did and pushing Diaz right up on Semedo and pushing him right back and, and, and you know, Salah getting tight onto eight Nori and all these different things just had, had a real impact on the game. I think the biggest issue really is our fitness because... By 70 minutes, we had absolutely nothing left in the tank. Why is that, Jack, though? We looked fitter during pre-season. Why is that? Yeah. Is that because we were doing so much running, trying to close the gaps? They just ran out of steam and started having cramp. I mean, Lamina got cramp. Aitnori Nori went down with it. You know, 70, 70, 75 minutes is not enough against a top team, fitness-wise, to beat them. And we just, like, it happened against Palace as well. Yeah, it's difficult to play that intensity for 90 minutes it is you know, I don't know why because you know these players train they should be able to to cope shouldn't they you know but it, it do, we do seem to struggle in the second halves I think we've conceded 11 out of our 12 goals absolutely in the second half and, and then Gary's to... come on and said well most goals are scored in the second half well I guess proportionally that's probably true but not like 11 out of 12 it's more like 60 40 I would have thought I'd have thought, yeah, I'd have thought we're sort of conceding a lot more goals than average in the second half. And and like I said, I think when we played Palace on, on, on this show, um, they're coming in clusters as well. We're not conceding sort of three goals across the half. We're conceding three in 15 minutes or three in 20 minutes or three in 11 minutes against Brighton. That worries me. 
because like Sutia and Scott said, it's about mentality. And if you can see the goal, you, you, you've got to then regroup very, very quickly and kind of go, OK, it's a setback, it's a blow. But this game's still there. You know, we've played really well in that first half. We should have been 3 nil up probably at half-time. Yeah. It's now 1-1. There's no reason at all we can't find a second wind and, and maybe if the manager changes a couple of things, we can't go again and, and maybe get back in front. But it was almost like we kind of go, oh, here we go again. And you, you like I just said, you felt if anyone was going to win that game from the hour onwards, it was going to be Liverpool. Absolutely. Sutty, back to you. I, I just don't know. I'm, I'm at a loss with this lot, Dave. I really am. I'm, I'm so dejected with being a Wolves supporter at the moment. And I've been here for 45 years. I, I haven't felt like this since the fourth division, Dave. And do you know why? Because I know these lot have got money, Dave. They just ain't going to back us. And without backing in this big boys league, you get nowhere, Dave. And it, it seems like a scratch record for me. I'm fed up. I'm fed up of watching it. And and people keep saying that, oh, we've got quality. We've got quality there. I've backed, I've backed Young Silver. I've backed Young Silver. To the help, Dave, right? But we can't we can't keep backing him. Cunha, as Jason said, there's 18 million quids worth there. We'll do well on current form to get eight million for the pair of them. So th- there's money wasted on a on a catastrophic rate here. Where are these people really, really doing due diligence on these players? We've never been big scorers, Dave, but what we have normally been is a good defensive unit. Nuno had us as a great defensive unit. Well, don't, don't forget, don't forget, Kuna was uh, Lopetegui's number one target. He insisted that they bought him. Yeah, took it off. Uh, correct. Uh, correct. Fabio Silva yeah. was bought two or three years ago. I mean, but if you look at us, you know, the likes of Lamina and stuff like that, and Dawson that's come in and stuff like you know, they've been decent signs. And look at. Bellegarde, I mean, I know it's one game. He looks a decent signing as well. Dave, we're we're a mess, Dave. Uh, If you look at, if you freeze frame each goal yesterday that Liverpool scored, we are a sham defensively. Now, when you don't score many, but you're also a shambles defensively, guess what, Dave? You're going to struggle. We're in for a big, big struggle. Now, Sheffield United, Luton, Burnley, Bournemouth, OK, we beat Everton. We'll be looking at one team at the moment to get off the mark. And guess who that is, Dave? That be us. That's us. Now, next week, I do not want to hear anybody say it's a must-not-lose <laughs> It's a must win, Dave. Because if we and don't what? win, even a draw is not good enough because no. it's not just about the point and, and the thing. It's about we can't even beat Luton there like the whipping boys of the division and we can't it's beat... It's not just that, Dave. It's you've got Luton, Man City, Villa, Spurs and Newcastle in your next five games. So you've really... You have to beat Luton, right? Now... And you've got to beat one of those other four. You have to. 
it's it's no good fanning around saying oh it's still early it's, that'll be 10 games gone dave 10 games you're a, a quarter of the way through the season and if we're stuck on three points after 10 games there ain't no savior coming in then dave he's gone he's gone mate we will be struggling and we'll be reliant all we'll be doing is looking at others results to to pray they've lost again like, That's like the reality of against Arsenal. That yeah, I've done it today. I was absolutely looping the loop yesterday when Spurs scored and won. I know. That, that I was, shouldn't be doing that, Dave. I, 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 I'm not being. I'm not joking. I was exactly the same. I was like that. Three seasons be... ago, Dave, we were looking. We would have said, "Let's hope Sheffield United beat Spurs because we're challenging them." Yeah, we are miles off that. We are. We are back. We are back. He's got it. Is he gone? It looks like his internet's been targeted again. He'll be back in a second. Scott, do you want to come in on what he, uh, Sutty's been saying there? Oh, he's back. Sorry, Dave. Uh, yeah, are you back? He, like he's frozen. He'll probably log out and come back. Scott, carry on. Yeah. Um, we, like... It bugs me when we were challenging for European places and we're nowhere near the side we ever was back then. Um, and I still say it all stems from when Nuno got sacked. We've never been the same team. We've had we've had bits and bobs that made us look good and there's been high high moments, but we've we've never captured what we had with him in the Premier League and the Championship before that since. And the problem is now, we're so, as a fan base, we all we all want that European football again. We all want to be challenging for it again. But realistically, with the players that we have and the manager we have and the fact that there's not that much investment like the, that we're gaining anything from. So like, like, for example, that I can't pronounce his name, Belgard. Is that correct? Belgard. Yeah. Looks like a decent player, but it's one game and it's against Liverpool. So, can he do that against Luton Town? Do you know what I mean? We'll, we'll, we need... find, out, won't we? we'll find out. We'll find out. We've got, game. We've got to beat Luton. We've got to beat Luton. If we don't beat Luton, we are in serious trouble. Jack, have we got no, to beat Luton? Yeah, 100%. Because I think, like you say, the fixtures aren't kind at the minute. Um, and it, and it's also, it, you know, the teams that we're competing with this year, like like Sutty says, the likes of Bournemouth, Sheffield United, they'll beat Luton, probably. Yeah. So so we've got to go there and, and get three points, because otherwise, what that'll do for confidence and momentum if we didn't get a win, I dread to think going into Manchester City and Newcastle and Tottenham. Um. So yeah, I think I think not getting a result yesterday when we we had it opportunities to. I think could be quite damaging. And I know that's, you know, we weren't all expecting a positive result yesterday. But when you get the opportunity to take it and you don't, that's the frustration. And whether it's down to the opposition being better or whether it's down to fitness, whether it's down to poor substitutions or poor decisions or defensive errors, whatever it is, that frustration, you've got to just kind of hope it doesn't carry over into the into next week, you know, it's it's you've got to almost treat it like a one-off game, haven't you? Next week, and kind of go whatever happens, whatever it takes, we've got to go there and win. If it's the worst performance we put in 
in the last 10 years, but we win that game, fine. We've just got to win it. Uh, well, I, I think it's a, I think it's a very dangerous game for Wolves next week. Uh, Luton will be so up for it. Well, the, really I mean, Rob Edwards has got all the association with Wolves. I mean, he does love Wolves, you know, and he probably, if Gary O'Neill went, he'd probably jump at the chance to manage Wolves. But he's going to want to put one over on Wolves next week. Luton, second game in the Premier League. They're, their crowd are going to be well up for it. It's like an unfashionable crowd. Obviously, Wolves will have around about only a 1,000 fans. They'll make a lot of noise. But... Luton ain't gonna ain't gonna roll over and let their belly be tickled next week. They're gonna, I mean, they fought against uh, away at Fulham yesterday. They lost one nil. They're, they're they're gonna scrap, and we've got to match their fight first and foremost at that game. We've got to we've got to match their fight. We've got to match their battle, and then we've got to win the midfield. We've got to win those battles, and then hopefully create the chances and win and, and win the match. And the the worry is because. Because it's Luton and they haven't got a point. And if we don't win that game, Gary O'Neill's going to be under at such an early stage. And just it's not an ideal game for him to be going to next week. It's really, really, really not. I'd have hoped they'd have beaten someone else, but it's typical Wolves. We've got to jump that hurdle and get across it. And if we can do that, it'll set us up, hopefully. Uh, for the city game, you know, which is going to be a tough one, but we've got to, we've we've got to, if we get when we get the chances next week, we've got to put them in because I guarantee you, if Luton get one or two chances, they'll put one away because it'll it'll just happen, and um, I dread to think the meltdown that will happen if we do not win. It's uh, uh, there's a lot of games where you go into and you think, you know what, you get a point, it's a decent away point. Luton, you have to beat them, and if we don't, if even if a draw. They're going to be a meltdown, Sutty. I think they'll try and bully us, Dave. I think they'll try and boot us off the park because we ain't got that. We ain't got a lot of fight in us, to be honest. And if they really get to us and start winning 50-50s, the crowd will get up. There's only there's only nine hundred of us going to be there. Um, so I, I'm. I'm I'm not confident at all next week, Dave. I've seen enough of this side to tell me that if we lose next week and we're averaging 0.5 points per game, we get relegated. Because um, if game, if your game tally starts to get more than your points too far in a season, you can't pull it back. It's very, very you difficult. You have to always be in front of points than you do games. You, you watch all the poor sides, they're always chasing points when they've played more games. That look, we we've got to win. We've got to be the bullies. I just worry that when we've got nothing up top really. Um I don't know why Sasser's not starting, because he will be starting for me next week. If he's fully fit, he has to start. I'll be frightened to death of him, and I'll be I'll be prepared to play Wang alongside him. Um, and I, I I'm I'm still struggling to see how we've improved as a as a unit, as a as a playing side, Absolutely. playing uh, four at the back, because for for three seasons we've progressively got worse. Because one, we haven't the right personnel to play four at the back. And two, um, 
we've not got the, the right person. We haven't got the right person to um, to score goals. It's as simple as that. You're absolutely right, Jack. Um, you know, what, I'm going to put them all together. Your score prediction for Luton, your performance rating from yesterday, your man of the match, and your highlight or positive of the day. Uh, I think going going for the Luton prediction, it, I, I think we'll just scrape it 1-0, but it won't be pretty and it won't be enjoyable to watch. But I think we will just scrape it because of what you I've seen. Of, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so, and then going back to yesterday, um, performance rating, I'll probably go six. Like I said, I was really encouraged by, by large chunks of the first half. But that second half, you know, the first half, the missed chances were probably what, what were the biggest factor. But like I said, I think there were other things as well that were at play and, and we just sort of fell away, didn't we? And like you say, it was almost inevitable that they were going to come and, and, and take the points. Uh, man of the match, I'm going to go for Neto. I think, um, like I said, I think he's looking towards that. It, it was such a shame for him that, that his best season as a, in a Wolf shirt was that one where no one was in the ground. You know, because I think he's a sort of player that would have thrived off having a big crowd roaring him on. You could see that yesterday. He, he, was, he was tearing Gomez to to shreds when he down that down that left hand side first half, and and again second half we just didn't get them isolated one v one, did we at all? That, again, that's a tactical thing that, that I'm not quite sure what went what went on there. Um, yeah, man of the match, Neto. Yeah, uh, highlight of the day. I'm going to go like um, Andy said earlier, Belgard's debut. I think like again, like we said uh, the other week. He's the kind of player that we've not had for a while. Someone that's going to drive with the ball and take people on and and create space for other players. You know, we need that, especially when we're playing the Lutons, the Bournemouth, the Sheffield United's. Because all they'll do, they'll sit sit deep, sit on the edge, defend the edge of their box, and say to the Wolves, "Come and break us down." Then, because they know we, we we struggle to break teams down. If you've got him on the pitch, making those runs and taking people on and beating people, you might just have a chance. So I'm hoping he can build on that next week. Yeah, no, it was very positive. Um... That had a very very positive debut, and it was one of the uh, the positives that you can take out the game. And if you can take breathe, someone else said he's got to do it against the likes of Luton next yeah. week. So we'll we'll wait and see. Um, Scott, your um, score prediction for Luton, your performance rating, man of the match, and highlight or positive of the day. It could be anything, even if he's eating a curry after the match. It's going, it's going to be literally a carbon copy of Jack's. Um, I do think if we beat Luton, it's going to be scraping scraping for it. It's either going to be a 1-0 victory or at best maybe a 2-1. Two, two because I, I wouldn't be surprised if Luton don't get one against us. Um, performance rating, looking at the first half, again, it was a lot of promise. Um, you honestly believed that you know we were going to beat Liverpool. But overall, because of the way we performed the second half, I'd say it's six best. Um, highlight is probably the debut of the new lad. Um, but obviously, it's if he could keep doing it consistently. We, uh, other than that, there's just nothing else really I could say about it. I kind of expected us to lose to Liverpool. I didn't expect us to lose it that way. Um, but Luton is a must-win game. We need to win that. We need to get something to get our season going, to get to give us something to get behind Gary O'Neill, basically, um, and have more confidence in him. Otherwise, it is going to be curtains for him 
if we don't see start seeing some more decent results. Um, we are capable of beating anybody on the day. We've proved that with the first half against Liverpool. We proved it early on when we played Man United. We've just got to take our chances, put them away and not give away any stupid chances like Kuna did in that first half. Um, we need to start Sasa starting more as well. Um, I would even start Bentley, if I'm being honest, in goal. So, yeah, it's not looking good. Well, you know, it's an interesting one. I don't think, I don't think Gary, if we lose next week, I don't think Gary O'Neill's going to get sacked. I don't think that's going to happen. There's no way that he's going to get sacked six six games into a season when you know it, it's not going to happen. It's it, it, people can stop thinking that for straight away. If we lose next week or don't win, he ain't getting the sack. It's not going to happen. They've, been, they've gone think, with. I don't think he'll get sacked, but it will. It will. Some people think he'll be gone after losing. If we don't win, he won't be, mate. Yeah. He, None he won't of you, be, none of you. He won't, won't be gone. He won't be gone. Bef- he won't be gone after Luton, but he will put Fusen in a position where they'll be looking for somebody. I reckon. Well, I, I, as I say, they've gone out and got Gary O'Neill. Six games into a season, he ain't getting the sack. Even if we lose to Luton, it's not happening. So people who think that Gary O'Neill will get sacked if we do not win or beat or draw to Luton next week, it's not happening. It'll be sort of. More like 15 games, and if we haven't done by then, it could be curtains anyway. But like, let's be positive, and hopefully, we do get the results. Uh, Sutty, um, your thoughts on Luton score prediction and all the rest? He's really thinking about that. Sutty, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you, mate. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Um. Game rating, Dave. I'll give it a nine first half. Same as me. Very good first half. And I'll give them bugger all for the second half. So that's 4.5. Yeah. Because yeah. um, it's a 90-minute game, Dave. Let's not forget that. Uh, highlight of the day is Bellegarde. Outstanding. Fair play to the lad. He took his chance. Um, Neto, man of the match. And Luton away. I'm worried that Luton away could become our Huddersfield, Dave. When they won games all season, they twice were against us. Yep. I've got a funny feeling that we ain't getting bugger all there next week, Dave. But he won't get the sack, Dave, because come the end of the season, if shit hits the fan, he will be their easy scapegoat. And they can just blame him. Fans won't buy that. They weren't, we're not that stupid. They're not going to buy that. No, but that's what they'll do, Dave, because they don't, they don't rate. But they don't care for us, Dave. They don't say what you like. Foson International do not give one jot about Wolverhampton Wanderers supporters. Quite simple. Okay. Um, so, guys, just to finish off the show, if you want to drop any questions for Sooty, for Scott, for Jack, myself, or all of us, now's your time uh, to just be uh, saying that. And did you? And have you got the uh, the secret word? So um, let's just see if there's any uh, questions. Uh, a long says Wolves need a Kevin Muscutter's coach. He would scare most players to form for him. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, Dean Bambrook saying we don't have a, enough money to sack him. Well, he's, on, he's, he's not on a lot of money compared to uh, Lopetegui, who was on 10 million. 
Uh, yeah, it doesn't look like there's going to be any questions uh, coming. Just say, giving them another minute. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, that's good news. Great Britain have just beat France in the Davis Cup. What's the score in the rugby? Uh, Carl wants to know, how many changes would you make for the Luton game? We'll go with Jack for this one. Uh, good question. I'd start Sasa if he's fit and because I think that's the kind of game where you want a big physical presence up front, someone that's going to unsettle their centre-halves. Um, we don't know the situation with this Uruguayan centre-half. When are yet? Do we? Have, I'm he not sure why he wasn't involved. Uruguay because he wasn't fully fit, apparently. Right. So, so if, if he is fit, you, you maybe bring him in again. I'm stereotyping a little bit, but Uruguayan centre-halves tend to enjoy physical battles, don't they? So he might, again, be someone that, that, that kind of comes in and, and does a job there. But um, it's difficult, isn't it? Because, you know, we're not blessed with, with game-changing options at the minute. Are we? It's not like, you know, you're looking and going, oh, just bring this player in off the bench and we'll be absolutely fine. You know, I mean, Sarabia sat on the bench, isn't he? But would he have made much of a difference yesterday? Probably not. You know, do you bring Fabio in? Probably not. So, uh, it's a difficult one. I, I get what Scott's saying about about Saar and Bentley. Would you swap them over? But again, is Bentley a massive improvement on Saar? I don't think so. So it's it's all much of a muchness, isn't it? Fantastic. So take one for you here from H. What would you say to Jeff Shee if you met him down a dark alley? <laughs> Can I really answer that? Um. Well, it's the question. Well, I'll tell him to F off, Dave, for a start. Oh, I'm sick of it, Dave. I'm sick of enough of this lot to know that it's going to... We are the new under Mike Ashley of the Midlands. All team under Chinese ownership has succeeded in anything, Dave. Two have nearly gone bust. We won't go bust, but we will never do anything under this current... Uh, Okay. It's quite simple. God. Okay, he's froze again. I think he's been got to. Um, and one for you, Squat. Does Doherty start against Luton for you? Uh, no. No, yes, I wouldn't start. I wouldn't start him. Um. I think I think the team that played against Liverpool is good enough to beat Luton. I honestly do. Um, but I do think we should bring Sasser in. As and start with a not uh, Sutty's nod, nodding with that one as well. You think Sasha as well starts? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. well you've only got a, you're, you've only... Sorry. Good Scott, carry on. Oh, all I was going to say was, um, for me, he's since he's been with us and the games he's played, he's been very prolific. I can't pronounce the word prolific. Prolific. Yeah. Um, so I don't get why he's not starting anyway. So, yeah, I would definitely bring him in for this game. Fantastic. And if we do well, scrape that one more win, it'll be him who gets the goal, probably. Well, guys, I'll tell you what, uh, the extra time next week is going to be um, incredibly interesting because <laughs> if we we ain't won, it could be a queue of people wanting to come on and talk about this. Um, so um, Jack and Sooty, I'd definitely like to book you 
because um, you will be there next week. So to you're going at you. Yeah. Um, so you'll be able to comment on there aren't that many people that will be in there. I don't think it's on the TV anyway. And I haven't got a damn well ticket. Uh, I, I'm not a gold or a silver. Um, first away game I'm going to have, have to miss for ages. I'm gutted because I really want to go to uh, to Luton, but they like fairy dust. Um, so, you know, we've got Sooty and Jack that'll be there. So uh, we'll hopefully get some footage as well from, from them guys. Uh, thank you ever so much for joining us tonight. We've had loads of you joining in with the chat as well. As I say, if you do like to comment in the chat, all you have to do is make sure you hit that subscribe button. Uh, if you're watching it back on Catch Up, leave your thoughts in the comment section. A big thank you uh, to Creation Wolf, uh, the local company, for powering uh, the show. And um, it will be out on the podcast, the Always Walls podcast, um, as always, Monday morning for those of you that listen to it on your way in or, or back from uh, from work on the audio. Um, final thoughts, uh, three words or one sentence uh, to leave us with. If you can give us a positive Jack, we'll go with you first. Uh, three words, as always, keep the faith. Scott? Uh, we must win against Luton. Sooty, final word to you. No more excuses, Dave. No more excuses. I like it. Fantastic. Guys, thank you ever so much. Love to you and your families, wherever you are in the world and wherever you're watching. From all of us here on Always Wolves Fan TV, God bless. Until the next one, always Wolves. Always Wolves. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates are already booked in for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.